feel your smooth, clean conks slide across the ground. Learn to hop and break traction of your back, traction of your back, track. Learn to break your back. Learn to crack your back before you start power spins and power spins and power spins. And 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. Uh, Dave Chappelle's back in the news. Oh boy. Oh boy, Folks. Dave Chappelle. Be- Folks. Folks. <laughs> There I was, thinking I was going to suck off Jim Carrey. Well, then he said he was Andy Kaufman. (laughs) Which is a fine story on its own. It's a fine story on its own that he was like, oh, man, that's weird. Andy's in, you know, or uh, Jim's in, in doing method or whatever. But then he's just like, and that's what trans women do. Like, fuck you, dude. Come on. It was a fine story without that. You didn't need that. It is so disappointing how unfunny Dave Chappelle is considering oh. like literally 20 years ago the funniest human being on the planet. Yeah. I mean, without question. There was a lot <laughs> a lot of people doing what he did, but not not like he did it. It's just, just God damn it, man. Yeah. That, that's really what it is for me, too. It's like, come on. Like his last couple of Netflix specials, I have watched them because I'm, I'm in the self-torture <laughs> and there's like three good jokes. Which is a damn shame. Boy, I kind of wished there was a thing going around today too about uh, about Cat Williams just going off on people. He didn't care anymore. He's just he's telling stuff about how like you know Cedric the Entertainer is not funny and he stole jokes and so did Steve Harvey. Like, whoa, okay, all right, man. I feel like Cat Williams is like one of those people that like when he passes, they'll do like an autopsy and they'll be like, mm, lead. Yeah, <laughs> just a, lot of, a lot of lead poisoning. Yeah, uh, or, you know, it's just like it feels like. Was there a gas leak in this house? Gotta protect our comedians. That's right. Speaking of gas leaks, it's forty eight minutes. Dogs barking. My name is Jason. This is Brian. We're recording remotely because, well, everybody's getting sick, and it's better safe than sorry. It's a wonderful twenty twenty four. It's our first episode of the year. Welcome to it. So, Brian, how has your first uh, week of twenty twenty four been going? Better than my last week of twenty twenty three, I suppose. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, back at work, um, having, um, ha- I have some opinions about work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I-, I know a couple people who are having a really crappy 2024. Former President Bill Clinton. <laughs> no, among them. That's right, folks. I'm not sure if, you know, like a deposition or something being disclosed by a judge that says that uh, Bill Clinton likes him young is exactly, uh, you know, uh, riveting. No, it's not breaking news for sure. Yeah, it feels like we've known that for a while. If there's grass on the field, play ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if he didn't actually say that, it does sound like something he would say. So I kind of put that in the in the same category. Yes, a trove of documents released regarding a, a lawsuit between Virginia Jeffrey and uh, Epstein's accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell. The Miami Herald sued to make them public back in 2019, courtesy of Sigrid McCauley, quoted here in the Daily Beast, the world has been on watch since the summer of 2019. The Second Court of Appeals ordered the release of the records related to this. Public has wondered, and many have rightly demanded to know how Epstein operated his vast global sex traffic enterprise and got away with it for decades. 
questions of who enabled and facilitated him and who participated in that operation that resulted in unspeakable harm quickly surfaced. So we don't know everything, but we know that there's a lot of references to, honestly, like you said, kind of the usual suspects at Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Michael Jackson, which actually that one kind of struck me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I don't think I, I, you know, I don't think Michael Jackson was into abusing little girls. I, I'm sure he showed up and he was like, I thought we abused the little boys. This is ignorant. Yeah. I'm getting off this island, Jeffrey. You, you're a little white devil. I don't care if you got a submarine, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and people are like getting up in, like, up in arms about... Uh, Stephen Hawking? First of all, it's not like he could get away. <laughs> he, he is like the kid brother being dragged wherever everyone else is going. Like, you don't, you don't want to go see Uncle Buck with us? They, they just squeeze him into that submarine somehow. And the other one that really weirded me out was David Copperfield? That was an odd one. It's like he made these Asian consent laws disappear. Disappear, yeah. <laughs> Watch me escape these handcuffs, but not for that reason. Yeah. Um yeah, Prince Andrew, again, that's not we didn't nothing we didn't already know. Uh one of Clinton's besties, Doug Band. Again, it's Clinton. Um Glenn Dubin, which is a this millionaire who's married to a uh, former Miss Sweden. And of course, Les Wexner, the guy who founded uh, LS uh, L Brands, which is uh, Victoria's Secret, Emma Crumby, and Fitch, and a bunch of others. And again, yeah. that's not been a secret either. So we didn't really learn a lot. It's been a really great thing for for people that um, do their own research, quote unquote. Because you're you were texting with me <laughs> earlier today. Yeah. I'm like, oh, should we do the Epstein files? And I'm like, I just walked into the office, and my one coworker was convincing one of my bosses that Michelle Obama was on the flight logs or some shit. Well, because, you know, she used to be a man, and so... You oh, know. that was brought That was yeah. brought up. Oh, I know. It's a, For some reason, that just continues to persist for whatever reason. But the good folks at 404media.co have a handy 37-meg zip file of the documents. Because a lot of the sites I tried to go to, Pacer crashed earlier in the day. There were issues with getting to them. So if you want to read them, yourself all 37 megs of them uh, and they are dry boring legal documents but by all means 404media.co they should be up there on the front page there with the links and such so we've been talking about this in one form or another since like what 2016 2017 yeah if not earlier because some people because you heard the phrase lolita express kind of bandied about before then and all that and so yeah i mean you you have heard about it in some it, it form or another. It was something that I heard muttered about, but it wasn't until, like, I want to say, like, 2016, 2017 that it really became a thing. Or, like, it was a part of, like, the wider culture because I think with, like, Pizzagate and all that, true. You know, people were looking for the that's contrast of, like, well, what's actually, like, a conspiracy that's true? Mm-hmm. That's and, fair. well, there's this guy, Jeffrey Epstein, who looks like the sweatiest sunglass hut uh, salesman you've ever seen. <laughs> and apparently he just loves abusing children and hanging out with celebrities. And, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. That's terrible. Yeah. Great. Cool. So the other big news of this year, I mean, again, it's only been a week into the year, but we've already had a, a major thing about, for, about copyright. Uh, Steamboat Willie entered the public domain for the first time in 95 years. And people, of course, immediately did 9-11 memes with it. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good. 
I guess. Most of it's all right. I mean, the, that the nine eleven one got me just because it's uh, that's Mike Beauvais here. Steve, but Willie, no. And then in parentheses, this is legal now. I think what's really taking the wind out of the sails, ha ha ha, has been all of the unfunny, like, oh, this is public domain now, so we're going to make a shitty video game that has a eight in the title, and it's about killing rats. And you're like, huh? Yeah, hmm. there was a game that was in development for a while called Mouse that got some attention. Sure, yeah, that's been going on for a while. I would say that that one's been in the works, and that one is very much more in this style of, of animation. But yeah, wh- what the heck was it called? It was something like Infestation 88. That's what it was. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what it is. First of all, Survivor co-op horror game. Ugh, tell me another one. It aims to infuse nostalgia with terror. No, you're doing a Steamboat Willie-themed Five Nights at Freddy's. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> If you look at the screen screenshots, uh, IGN has an article up here. It's like, yeah, this is this is Five Nights at Freddy's with a with a Steamboat Willie thing in it. The, the IGN article even says you can set traps and utilize TV cameras to try and stay one step ahead. Of the, oh God, it's one thing to like be aesthetically into it. It's another thing to just be like, hey, uh, this is a thing that's happening. It just feels weird. That was a, a thing when I was in high school. I had a friend that was very big into like, oh, you know, they, they Mickey Mouse is supposed to be in uh, you know in the public domain like 20 years ago, but because of the, the corrupt government and the lawyers, you know, it's not going to be public domain you know for 20 more years, and and even then they'll probably find some way to get away with it. And, mm-hmm. Well, here we are. I can't imagine how they let it go. But it's really odd because it's not Mickey Mouse themselves. It's a specific design, the first version of that character. So it's not even yeah. Ha ha. Okay, internet. We're having it. We're having a time about it. When really the thing I think we need to be talking about is that there was a football game where they had a, someone dressed up like a pop tart who then they sacrificed and ate in a ritualistic uh, blood orgy. And no one's talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I saw this. My first introduction to this was um, one of the football players, uh, something I saw on Twitter, was apparently giving an interview and said something like, the Pop-Tart man tasted delicious. And people were <laughs> responding to this tweet with like, what the fuck are you talking what? what? Like, is this guy drunk? Something along those lines, you know, it's just like some, you know, wavy haired Alabama boy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. in a locker room. And, and he's like, yeah, he tasted good. And, you know, like, what? And it wasn't until like, you know, next day I'm like, oh, that's right. That wasn't a fever dream. That was just <laughs> something taking a little bit of, out of context. They sacrificed the Pop-Tart man to the serpent mother. and It's just so wonderful. So the backstory is this is courtesy of Parker Malloy. Over at the present age, the Pop-Tarts mascot, Strawberry, which is literally just a Pop-Tart with legs and arms. So there was a, a bowl game between North Carolina North Carolina State Wolfpack and Kansas State Wildcats on Thursday of last week in Orlando, Florida. And yeah, they, they unveiled them. Strawberry, the mascot, was hanging out during the game. At the end of the game, they lowered Strawberry the mascot into a giant human-sized toaster. We're <laughs> holding a sign like Wiley e. Coyote that said, Dreams really do come true. <laughs> Waving at the crowd. Uh, and then a full-size Pop-Tart shot out of the bottom of it 
And then the Kansas State University team who had just won are taking handfuls and shoving it in their mouths. It is so surreal. The video is there. ESPN College Football made sure to film the whole two-minute insane bit. And boy, uh, they they sacrificed and ate them. I'm not going to lie. I would eat the sacrificial Pop-Tart. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Just to say that I did it, really. How often are you going to get a chance to do that? And then Cheez-Its apparently did something very similar a couple nights later. (laughs) No. Now I have to say, okay, Cheez-Its mascot. CNN, the headline, a Cheez-It trolled a Pop-Tart and college football bowl season may never be the same. Huh? West Virginia University was subjected to their own brand of food horror Cheez-It mascot. Here we go. During the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl on New Year's Day, Ched Z popped out of a giant Cheez-It box that holding a sign that said non-edible mascot. That's it? That's all they did? They didn't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they did the mayo bath on the other guy, but sign that just says, uh, you can't eat me, I guess. <laughs> you, never, you never got to eat me. Whatever. <laughs> you know, like that's some weak sauce, Cheez-Its. You're my favorite cheese-based cracker snack, and you need to step your fucking game up is what I'm saying. Oh, that's not edible, bat. No, any any mascot is edible if you try hard enough, and Pop-Tart just proved it. I don't know why I feel so strongly about this. What an odd hill to die on. It is. So I heard Green Day had gone woke. Green Day has gone woke, Brian. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Yeah. Such rebellious revolutionary punk rock being performed at Dick Clark's New Year's Eve bash or whatever. Ryan Seacrest's New Year's Rockin' Eve, which he did inherit from Dick Clark. Yes. Uh, (laughs) They're performing a 20-year-old song. They're performing American Idiot. And they replaced the word redneck with MAGA. And that was enough to send everyone uh, who supposedly was a fan of Green Day into a tizzy at Steffi P for Liberty. As a punk rock girl, this turns me off. Stop bringing politics into music, double exclamation point. Now, I understand, pose law and all, this could very well be bait. I could very well have taken the bait on this. I will say that. But I did look at her account, and it seems she's very genuine about this and many other conservative topics. So Christy Yamaguchi Maine, of course, one of our favorites here, responds... My favorite apolitical band is The Clash. Yeah, so. Who did you think they meant when they were talking about American Idiot there, Steffi? They were talking about you. That song's 20 years old. 20 years old, yeah. 2003 God, or 2004, because that's when uh, uh, they were talking. I, I know I know it, it's 20 years old because I worked at Guitar Center 20 years ago, and I remember hearing that song for the first time over the PA and being like, man, this sucks. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Green Day that ain't great. Yeah, but this is but my my favorite Green Day thing is well my two things is that Billy Joel has has somehow gotten the right amount of plastic surgery to look timeless. Mm-hmm. Like he's always going to be a lacrosse freshman. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like the kid that played on the lacrosse team that always wore crew socks way too high. Okay, and was really in the ska. And this is a man who's got to be what sixty now. Uh, let me see here. I have to look this up. Fifty one. Uh, 51. 51, born in 72, so yeah, that's... Uh, wow. For 51, that's pretty good. I just don't know how long you can keep that shtick up. I mean, the guys from The Offspring are most certainly still doing it. Yeah, but I think they've really changed as far as 
any kind of messaging in their music has gone. As far as I recall, there really hasn't been a lot of it in their music, kind of the inverse of what Green Day's done. Sure. Because I remember Green sure. Day being like this proto-emo band in the early days and then eventually leaning into political stuff during the Bush era and then never really stopping. And honestly, that's kind of why I stopped listening to them. It's not so much that their politics were bad, it's just they were ham-fisted and weren't like clever about it. I feel like anti-Bush politics were really kind of, particularly in music, were, were usually cringe. Um, I remember while well, I was, I'll go back to talking about my time at Guitar Center, I was working at Guitar hey, Center, and it was yeah. the same, it, well, I mean, this was, it was 2004, 2005, this was like the height of the anti-Bush stuff, and I remember the guys from Story of the Year came in, I, it was the same day as Warp Tour. Mm, I remember that mm-hmm. for some reason. They came in and they were talking to me and they were so excited. They they finished their record, The Black Swan. And it was, I think, their last record on Maverick, Madonna's label. Yeah. And they were so fucking excited. And the dudes from Story Year are nice guys, but uh, I really, I don't think I'm an asshole for saying I don't like their music. No. I mean, <laughs> look, tastes are subjective. Everybody's got their own thing, and that's fine. They're nice dudes, but man, that was that was not like a band that people were happy to be like as a St. Louisan that was young. Yeah. Like, oh, that's our our band. Yeah. It's like is it? it's this and like Ludo. Um yeah. and Ludo at least are were a better band, I think. Our geez, we had a bunch of really bad crappy like screamo bands, like Novella. Oh man, there was another one. But I remember the Black Swan getting absolutely eviscerated, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in the music media because it's like one, it seems like very tacked on anti-Bush sentiments. Uh, it's not a good record, and right. I don't know what the aim of this record is considering that now that George Bush has won a second term, he can't run again. He's a lame duck. Yeah, it was just a very straight, like the Rock Against Bush albums, <laughs> plural. There's even some like Rilo Kylie songs that directly reference Bush looking like a, a monkey, which was apparently the height of, of leftist politics at the time. It, it just doesn't age well. I mean, Reagan's always going to be a nice target. You can always dig up his corpse and piss on it, but I don't know about Bush. Right, because I think a lot of the anti-Bush stuff, what makes it really kneecapped, what makes it really hand-fisted, is there really was no such thing as a like activated left in this country at that time. (laughs) Like it really was like getting arrested outside the Monsanto sign. I think still like the only musician that really directly or indirectly did a lot of anti-Bush stuff. And I think most of it's still pretty good is soul life from Rome has a lot of implied anti and over and subvert uh, anti-Iraq anti-Bush stuff, but it's not ham fisted. It's actually pretty well done. And uh, gel who was also on Anticon his 2006 record soft money has a lot of anti-bush stuff on there and actually he even has um, a song on there with i believe it's wise intelligent who got kicked off of his label in the early 2000s for saying anti-bush stuff just seems so toothless nowadays i don't know a majority of it i mean again you know like dixie chicks yeah i guess well, speaking of weird uh, bits about protesting your government, this segue is about as ham-fisted as a Green Day album. You're going to have to forgive me. For the Epstein Curious, a recommendation I always have for them is to listen to this podcast called True Anon. It's Bray Spelden, Liz Franzak. I got an email from them after putting my email address into a site that they had posted. 
saying, you're now signed up for January 6th. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, I'm on a list now somewhere. Fuck, what did you do? Uh, as it turns out, it was for a fucking board game. You thought you were going to have Homeland Security visiting you. I really said. did, yeah. I'm going to have YKS uh, talking about me now, so I don't know which one's worse. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so they're releasing a board game called Storm the Capital, available on January 6th. So by the time this episode is released, it will already be out. It seems like a really tasteless, weird thing to do, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I remember on January 6th, sitting at my job, having nothing to do because it was the early January and that was the perennial slow time of the industry sitting on my phone with my other coworkers who are also sitting on their phone just being like see what's going on in DC yeah yeah it's kind of fucked up yeah and it's kind of funny though <laughs> oh yeah it, you know. it is and then we had this uh this truck driver from one of the freight lines who was a conspiracy theorist and he was like oh you gotta take all your money out of the, of the same day he's like you gotta take oh, your money out of all the yeah. banks and that you know they're gonna freeze all the ATMs and he would just come and say this weird shit and I'd just be like no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he, he'd come in here and just be like, you guys need to do this. You need to get on crypto. And like, no, we don't. You were doing the, the forums mod guy from <laughs> a couple weeks ago. No, I, don't, I don't have to do anything, guy. Exactly. So apparently they've got the attention of some, some press there. Uh, here's a quote, a quote of a quote. So in a podcast episode announcing the game's release, the host Brace Belden recalled seeing the riots covered in the news and saying it was, quote, the best day of watching TV I've ever had in my life. And you know what? I can't say it wasn't entertaining. I will say that. Definitely seeing documentaries later on. There's that great one HBO put out, Four Hours at the Capitol, a few other ones that, that might have slipped through the cracks. But that one, to me, is one of the better ones. But I don't really think a board game is in good taste. But hey, you know what? Who am I to judge? Do what you want. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. Like <laughs> I don't know what's left to be done in the world of podcasting. Yeah. So gotta keep people coming back to the trough i guess and i guess it's the same with wrestling that's right that's the segue it's the crypto scam of the week you're listening to 48 minutes of dogs barking the podcast and now it's time for the crypto scam of the week oh we are talking about nature boy rick flair ringing the new year with a woo the woo coin launches at midnight his post says countdown is on lfg Woo! Your woos are getting killed by your compressor. Of, of course, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in a apartment building, so I just can't be hollering. I'll pipe in some some fresh uh, Ric Flair ones in there. And, and uh, to get to the website, it's official W-O-O-O-O-O coin. So that's five O's in this woo. So apparently all the woos are five O's. If, you, if you're trying to spell it, I guarantee you there's going to be some sort of exploit or some, some kind of thing coming up with that. Like, oh, you, yeah, there's you just, went to the I one mean, with four O's and it's, a, you know, it's draining your wallet or whatever. Yeah, it's just there's nothing good. I, I just saw this and was like, oh, I got I got to bring this to Jason's attention. Uh, Ric Flair is, uh, for all of his contributions to the industry, the sport, to the art of professional wrestling, is a famously broke ass motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's no Ted DiBiase is all I'm saying. I mean, Ted DiBiase, well, I mean, with all of his legal troubles, or at least his family's going through. I know, um, it's just because he was the million-dollar man. I was just... he was Yes, yes. But, uh, well, I mean, Ric Flair was also high-styling and profiling. Yes. Was he stealing kisses and riding in limos <laughs> and all of that stuff? All of that stuff, yeah. 
all that stuff. I mean, like him and Diabasi were uh, both kind of like kayfabe living that life. Oh, um, for sure. In a lot yeah. of different ways. But uh, Ric Flair, I feel like this isn't his first time shilling a crypto token. Um, this can't be. Okay. Yeah, there it is. The R- Rumbling Rooster Fight Club NFT. So that was uh, 2021. And Rumble Rooster Fight Club, of course, not a thing anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, this here from DailyCoin.com. Build as a commemorative token for Flair's faithful fans. Woo! Coin is the pro wrestling legend's attempt to translate his bombastic personality into crypto form. Holders gain no specific utility beyond a vague association with the nature boy. <laughs> However, the project's website mentions future access to merchandise, an energy drink offering, quote, exclusive experiences, and, quote, free woo. So, woo coin is an ERC-20 token on the Ethereum blockchain fixed supply of $10 billion. The project aims to raise $1.74 mil in a pre-sale investor round through the collective contribution of 743 ETH. Details of the supply distribution are unknown at this time. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, not great. So right now, where it's sitting is not even a fifty percent increase from basically its launch. A market cap of twelve point four million as of this recording. Liquidity five point five, which isn't terrible. So we got three, three, only three hundred and fourteen token holders. We've got. About 10 people with over 1% of the supply. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple people over 1.5. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, this doesn't look good. This is not a good-looking chart. This isesn't like a, a healthy project. I'm sure it's going to fucking crash and burn, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. oh, or yeah. fortunately, depending on how you feel about these things. I believe you've got a, uh, a, a scam that has passed and not yes. one that is yet to come. Yeah, we, we do have something courtesy of Molly White. Web3 is going just great. Scam sniffer reporting. I, I keep wanting to call these wallet inspector scams because the, <laughs> the the team is wallet. Quoting here, someone had a not-so-fun end of the year when they fell victim to a phishing attack and around 275,700 link drained from their crypto wallet. These tokens are priced at $4.4 million. The attack was perpetrated by the Pink Drainer Group which had recently compromised the Twitter account of Compound Finance to then lure those followers into authorizing the malicious drainer. They're exchanging the link tokens for ETH, deposited directly. Yes, so in the world of crypto, uh, link holders and and stuff are considered to be perhaps maybe the most down bad (laughs) of all of the the main token holders because it feels like they're always underwater so Mm -hmm. they're always called link marines oh okay link marines okay i got it. so he's really this guy's really he's in the link navy he's in a link sub right now 4.4 million dollars yeah so here's another guy who got got by the same group i think that's uh bill lou 95 uh, quoting here i'm devastated guys I just got scammed out of 125,000 of Steeth while trying to claim the LFG airdrop, and I'm the fucking founder of a wallet startup that's trying to improve wallet security. Well, <laughs> oh shit, he got fished on the LFG. Uh-huh. I can't believe this is happening. I saw an article guide to the airdrop and followed the link to sign a message. I didn't even question it. 
I was using MetaMask instead of Nest Wallet because I had a test version installed. I don't want to seem like an asshole promoting his own product, but my wallet would have... Okay, my wallet would have caught it. Fuck MetaMask. Fuck my own stupidity. Greedy ass trying to claim an airdrop at midnight instead of going to sleep. You have a point there. <laughs> you yeah. sleepy, don't go looking. So yeah, apparently it is lessfeesandgas.io is the scam site. Lessfeesandgas.org is the real site. Just for those of you out there who... Who might need to know that? It seems like important information. Passing that along to you. <sighs> but if anybody, you know, if any one of those guys can got got, it's just a matter of time before other people do. I mean, a lot of people get got. Like that's that's the one of the unfortunate elements of crypto not being regulated like other markets mm-hmm. is that it is the wild west, and it could be wild west in the way in some ways they're really interesting. But again. We live in a world where with artificial scarcity and greed yeah. and poverty. Mm-hmm. So people are always going to find some sort of way to get out of their, their circumstances. And it usually means ripping off someone else that's a little bit uh, less aware than them. And it's never ending. I mean, we've got weeks and weeks of worth of material for, for this stuff. 75 episodes and we have yet to run out of scams to report on because it just keeps happening. The fucking bull market's not even I know. fully back yeah, yet, man. Like, like I said, there's... Sometime this year, we're going to be talking about something that is either going to be the next board ape or will already have been the next board ape as far as just the the clusterfuckery, the amount of people getting scammed. I don't think NFTs are going to really be a thing again. I think maybe they'll bounce a little bit, but I think something with AI is probably going to be the next big fucking. Ooh, yeah, feels right. Feels like it's primed. Yeah, feels like it's that time. All right. So you ready to uh, ready to do this? Yeah, Jason, you ready to talk about probably the most useless and weirdest fetish on the internet? Brian brought this to my attention, and for some reason, I never knew about this. This was new to me, so I was both pleased and disturbed. So <laughs> this made the front page of something awful for the awful link of the day back in two thousand four. The article, courtesy of Ben Griesnen Platt. Car Stuck Girls. As an internet celebrity slash god, I am exposed to all manners of bizarre, exotic, and pointless fetishes. And although I'm sure something will come along to make me eat my words, I nonetheless say with confidence that this site is dedicated to the single dumbest fetish in the world. It is an entire, extensive website devoted to the apparently erotic concept of women getting their cars stuck and trying to get them out again, especially by pumping the pedals. Car Stuck Girls caters to every possible desire of the four followers of this fetish, including different makes and models of cars, jeeps, and sport utility vehicles, as well as girls pumping the gas with all sorts of footwear, including high heels, stockings, and even barefoot. It's the veritable cornucopia of the most bizarrely unerotic quote-unquote porn I have ever seen. So it is a website, 20 years old now, of girls getting their car stuck and struggling to yeah. get it out. And apparently this yeah. is very erotic. Apparently <laughs> this is it's, a thing. I mean, I popped a blue chew and it did nothing for me. <laughs> oh, the sponsor of this program. No. Um, <laughs> it won a Webby in 2004. It won a is- Webby! 
at the same time, we have covered stuff that has won Webbies, and I kind of went, it did? This is, has that same feeling. And the weird category, that is something that some other stuff that we've covered here has won. So I feel like maybe that category is a little bit looser in that regard. But, I mean, you know, that that wound up getting it mentioned in Wired Magazine, so who knows? But yes, it, it won a Webby the year after it was created in 2003. A guy named Sven Goebbels. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> watch out. If I want to see you get stuck in the mud. <laughs> uh, Sven Goebbels, G-O-E-B-B-E-L-S. That's how you say that, right? Sven Goebbels, 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 Goebbels. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Sven Goebbels, video production in Germany. This here from a... I believe it was a, a brief overview of what he's been doing. Day after winning the Webby, the first magazine was calling Sven to congratulate and ask for an interview. He got uh, articles in Men's Journal and Maxim. Then he started working with German Telecom. They used the Karstadt Girls video clips to offer content to their members. Bizarre. May 2008, Playboy UK started broadcasting Karstuck Girls clips on their free channel, G4, also known as the International Sexy Lady Show, as uses our footage. So this is, I'm sorry, it's translated from German, so I'm still trying to like get my head around it. But just, he's got a very specific thing, and he's kept it going, because the site's still there. You can go to karstuckgirls.com right now. Yeah, and apparently it looks uh, like a lot of content made like on the salt flats, like in uh, eastern California and stuff. Sure. And, well, wouldn't you? I mean, it's a beautiful place to shoot. I, I mean, I've been to Babar Basin. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my entire life. I never once thought about like how hot it would be if like a young woman <laughs> in an A4 got stuck. Well, see, that's that's what sets you apart from this guy. Apparently, you can buy DVDs and Blu-rays directly from the site. By the way. With titles such as Daddy Bought a House for Me, Skyler's Snow Stuck, The Mist Party, A Car Stuck, and Some Mud Wrestling. Uh, that one goes for 49 euro. I do love here that in the DVDs uh-huh. for when it describes like, yo, mud stuck with Ford Mustang car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rear, rear, <laughs> rear wheel drive. Four wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tells you what the engine type is. Yeah. But then if you click into the view details, oh, boy. It not only gives you that, but then it also tells you location, mud, or like location, snowy path, location, muddy path. Oh, she's not getting anywhere in the snow with a 350Z. (laughs) With all 417 horsepower, this says, she really makes the wheels spin. Like, yeah, she sure does. I I don't know. These stills, I mean, it looks competently shot like like any adult film. I don't know. It's just... It's not the worst work I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just, um, this really feels like the final boss of, like, internet perversion. Right, because it's really hard to say what the actual perversion is. I mean, I, okay, the mud wrestling thing, I kind of like, get like, it, squish and all like that. There's, like, car but... guy stuff going on here. There's, like, foot fetish stuff going on here. Yeah, smashing on the um, gas pedal with your fancy shoes, sure, sure. And obviously there's, like, some situational fetishism here with, like, the, the trapped woman, the woman in distress, and yeah. not able to free herself from her situation yeah 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 but like it oh, just yeah, yeah. it just doesn't uh nothing really hits 
I guess I just don't have that evolved mindset. It's not sexual. I mean, with the exception of obviously like, okay, mud wrestling, or maybe there is, someone's wearing a bikini. There's a bit of a tease, but it's not in any overt way that one would think of that you would have to go to a special website to get the DVDs, right? You know, like... I, I don't know if you drop 40 bones on, on one of these DVDs if you're really getting... I, I just don't... It's it he confused has to me be selling years something. ago. It still confuses still confuses me today. Right, he has to be selling something because he wouldn't continue to put money into the project or, or keep the website up or any of that stuff. Like there, there's got to be a a market for it. It's just it's not for us. I don't think. Yeah, is is he even on social media? No, I'm not seeing. I don't anything. know, Madman. But he also lets you know that if uh, you need discreet packaging. Oh yes, for your pornographic non-porn he yeah. can help you out with that oh yeah my favorite one is that he, he he says it's the software design package and then it shows you what it's going to look like and the discrete cover label software design is just csg ftp the best way to transfer files like okay i can certainly see absolutely no one wanting to look at that so i mean it's clever it's well done but again this isn't porn I'm sure someone's wife could get the wrong idea or or the right idea, I guess. I would be terrified if my significant other found this. <laughs> <laughs> More than if they found something like one of the shock.jpg videos or something. Yeah, I think I think like uh crushing videos would upset my girlfriend less. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then oh, boy. Perplexingly obtuse is it a right? Yeah. I don't know. Odd. It's- it's just always been a kind of like a fucking killing time conversation thing I've I've used with people over the years. It's like you know, there's a website that's just women getting their car stuck, and it's I think it's supposed to be horny, but it it also seems incredibly not horny. And people are like, what? When did you first kind of stumble upon this? Was it the from the something awful article? I think it probably was from the the awful link of the day. Wow. And I'm sure there was a discussion like in FIAD or something about it. But yeah, like I remember checking it out and and being like well yeah it definitely does what it says on the box sure like it's, it's women getting <laughs> stuck and like this, you know they're oh look she her look how muddy she is look at how muddy her shoes are and like you know you know she's in this there's a lot of squish stuff that is involved there it feels like he's trying to cater to a lot of different demographics all at once there's the guys who are horny for uh, women in cars that's always been a thing since we've had like you know with the snap-on parts uh, calendars okay you got that Uh, squish which is all the mud and all that which is a whole thing but the introduction of the car being stuck it feels like that's a setup to go somewhere with the eroticism that just doesn't just like the car, the eroticism doesn't go anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> so the the Ford Mustang uh-huh. makes a a couple of different uh, appearances in the uh, over your. Was it the same Mustang? No, just different models. Okay, so the, the Mustang, the Mustang itself. itself okay. The Mustang okay. itself is, I want to say, probably in a good chunk, if not like a third of the videos. Just perusing here casually, which makes me think about how when I was in school home from class because I end school suspension because like, I, I probably like just like you know slammed some kids into a locker and cracked his nose Jesus or something because he called me gay okay anyways that's just the <laughs> kind of life I live but like so I'm like at home like watching daytime TV and I think Jerry Springer came on on daytime TV and the thing was was like I'm in love with my car oh, and it was like a I've dumpy early 30s car guy mm-hmm. who had who the, the bit was that he had married his his like 98 ford mustang 
they show this video of him at the gas station with the car, and when he goes to put the, no, the fuel pump, no. he they they blur it out. Oh! <laughs> Oh, I knew where that was going, but I couldn't believe <laughs> that they committed to the bit. They, they get to the bit, and the guy's even kind of like going in out. No, with the tip of gross. A VW Beetle yeah. makes an appearance multiple times, which I didn't expect for like a car fetish thing. I don't think people thought those were very sexy. What gets me is that you'd think there would be like some sort of throwback, like vintage retro thing with the Beetle, but it's just yeah, it's it's just a it just looks like someone that like shopped at Kohl's in like two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a few with the Ford F one fifty and okay, mud and that, that kind of tracks. There's a H3, a Hummer H3 from a video from the mid-2000s. So again, that's relatively new car, okay. A Nissan Pathfinder? I don't know anyone that thinks a Nissan Pathfinder is, is sexy in any way that I can fathom. A Chrysler Crossfire, like what? Misty got her, her Pontiac Aztec stuck. <laughs> look at she walks away immediately, never never, never look back. <laughs> Lights a match in the hopes that there's a gas leak, but no such luck. And I'm guessing these are rentals, right? I'm guessing it's one of those things where you like rent a cool car and you do a shoot with it and then you return it. But if they're genuinely stuck, then it's like, okay, now you got to rent, now you got to get somebody to unstick this car. It seems like a logistical nightmare just trying to shoot any of this. <laughs> you're going out in these weird conditions you you know it's all natural lighting it's all i don't know it's dedication to the craft at the very least but there's like bits where they're taking a, a jeep into sand dunes and i'm like man that's that's a nightmare that's something i would oh god you couldn't pay me enough stand stuck with a yamaha rhino okay well at least that's an atv that's a four-wheel drive so that doesn't even make logical sense how the hell are you gonna get sand stuck in that maybe it's because women aren't smart there, you know what? I think that's part of it too. I think that's a a big part of these like, damn broads are out there taking their daily drivers. <laughs> they think they have a shortcut to the nail salon <laughs> and to the the low fat yogurt store. Oh, but no, they got they got, they stuck. got stuck. These ditzy broads. No, I can't say I've ever seen any of these videos, so I I can't uh, tell you if they uh, act you like ditzy broads. No, I'm I, I have not. I'm sorry. I'm just seeing stills here on the website. This one woman driving the the beetle with the mismatched color, <laughs> where like the 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 bottom quarter panel is the wrong color. Uh, she just looks like she's on her way to to work at Marshalls and she's mad about it. It's not even you know. I mean, I knew a few people that worked at Marshalls. They didn't seem too happy about it. Fair. And then the same model is in the <laughs> same model is in the Jeep Cherokee. That's uh, Denise, by the way. Barefoot oh, pedal pumping with muddy feet, Brian. Minutes of walking oh, no. through very deep mud. Got her stuck herself, too. Smoking tires and spinning wheels. A lot of rocking and spinning. Oh, here it is. A preview video. Oh, my day is saved. Insecure download blocked. Yeah, thank you, Chrome. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave that be. Uh, that's fine. I don't need to get a, a Trojan on my work computer for, uh, <laughs> for a car stuck girls preview. <laughs> Nothing personal, uh, uh, Sven, there, but uh, maybe later. I don't know. I'm debating. Like, do I have the kind of uh, spare change to to throw at this as a project? I'm dreadfully curious. 49 euro. Okay, hold on. 49 euro. 53 United States dollars. Is it worth it for a bit? 
<laughs> did pay fifty three dollars as someone who is who is patiently waiting for their paycheck to hit their account because they have less than fifty bucks in it. Definitely not. Yeah, I would definitely yeah, not. Just, uh, anyway, car stuck girls. Apparently, you know, it's like I said. Apparently, it's still going. Won a Webby. Wired magazine talked about them. Here's the actual report from uh, Prescient Digital talking about best of the web 2004 best weird car stuck girls car stuck girls.com either the entries weren't very good or the judges got bored but the winner of this year's webby in the weird category is a little site called car stuck girls as far as grading web best practices design usability content likability and general interest the site sucks the website features inexpensive and scantily clad models trying to extract their respective cars from mud pits, snow panks, large puddles, etc. And that's all the site features, pictures and videos with stuck cars. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. Now, the site also kind of lives on in spirit. There is a subreddit with the exact same name, Car Stuck Girls. It's sometimes even stills from Car Stuck Girls. It has not been updated in quite some time. The last update for Car Stuck Girls, the subreddit, it was a mod post saying, our Car Stuck Girls needs moderators and is currently available for requests. So, could it be you? Could you, the listener, be the next mod of our Car Stuck Girls? Hit <laughs> them with a DM. I don't know. Oh, Lord. No posts in about six years, though, so probably not even going to be bothering. All right. So, to go from non-sexual fetish content to some actual sexual fetish content... That's right, I hit you with the bait and switch. It's Shock.jpg. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. Oh, Brian. Oh, it's this one, honestly, uh, again, much like we've talked about on the show. It's your tub girls, your goatsies, they're very old and familiar. And this one, I was reminded of it recently. And same thing. It's just, it's greeting an old friend. This one goes by the name of Super Sucker. It used to be Supersucker.com, but of course that site's taken down now. Web Archive, doing the Lord's work. Oh, it's Steve-O. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here sucking my own dick. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, so it is a, I, I always thought it was... Knoxville can't even get past his ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was Guy Pierce. Yeah, so it's a very flexible gentleman on a, some sort of, it's, I don't know if it's a... a a divan or some sort of chair, but uh, he's he's got his legs crossed behind his own head, arms holding on to the chair for dear life, his eyes closed, glasses on, and he's got his dick in his mouth. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So if you go to supersucker.com back in the day, you would get this, and then it would be, you fucking suck. Uh, and then it was, congrats, you simply sucked. Last 50 super suckers came from, and then it would did have where they would log where your IP was from, and so they had a list. It's no longer functional, but it would say, like, London, England, or give you a list of the last 50 visitors to the site, where they're from. Not necessarily where they're, you know, what their actual name was, but, yeah, just real fun. Fun to fuck with people. Just just, just a cute little bit of, of old internet history. There's a link down at the bottom to, where is Santa Claus? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so so this is actually great. Yeah. So the where is Santa Claus, right? So I click it, sends me to a radio button, you click it, uh uh you know Trace Santa dot com. Okay. okay. Trace Santa dot com and 
a ruffle window comes up. Oh boy. Up. Oh boy. <laughs> and so it does like a fake GPS, you know, satellite, you know, object found, zooming in, zooming in, and then eventually comes to the the classic Photoshop image of a child crying in front of the tombstone that says Santa on it. And I'm like, you know what? Holy That's shit. That's pretty good. Oh my god. That's some old school internet humor. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> One feature of supersucker.com that I found was really funny is that you could make it custom. So you could include the person's first name and last name of who you were sending this to, where this says, comma, you fucking suck. That would be that person's name. So whatever right. name that you that you put. So apparently they had the URL set up to, if you put firstname.lastname.supersucker.com, it would be like, Jason Robinson, you fucking suck. And, it was, and then it'd show you this guy. And so, wow, what a... <laughs> That's advanced trolling. You're getting someone on a personal level. It's like it's like including their name on a "You're the Man Now" dog page. You know, it's like this is personal. Yeah, this is this is the precursor to the the Facebook hack spam of such and such <laughs> just died in a car accident. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Super sucker. Wasn't there a band called the Super Suckers? Uh yeah. Believe it or not, my former boss. <laughs> was going on to me about one time about how he was going to get them to play the venue he used to co-own. Oh, man. Oh, boy. For his anniversary to now his, who is now his ex-wife. You think if he'd got Super Suckers to play that, that they wouldn't be divorced? (laughs) I think probably, I mean, it's all going to be a matter of public record probably within the next couple years, but yeah. That's right, because they had that album, Motherfuckers Be Trippin'. Okay. Because I yeah. walked around saying "motherfuckers be tripping" for about a year after. I forgot. <laughs> There's a guy in that band named Eddie, Eddie Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And Metal Marty Chandler, as opposed to non-Metal Marty Chandler, which is a very different yeah. guy, I guess. Well, I guess it's time for the breath mint, Brian. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. That gentleman in Super Sucker is going to need one. Oh, boy. That is if he busts in his own mouth. I don't know. Hey, guys. Steveo.com with, with hot sauce for your dick. <laughs> Enjoy the taste of your own emissions. Yeah. He would make S your own D hot sauce. Yeah. I mean, well, he already has hot sauce for your ass. Oh, that's true. You're, you're not. Yeah. You're not well versed in the Steveo lore like I am. No, I never was a jackass guy. Oh, absolutely love Jackass. Uh, I saw the first movie, and that was about it. Uh, I didn't really watch the show. I didn't know any of it. I know a lot of them were like ex-skaters and like metalheads and stuff. Skaters like, and snowboarders, yeah. people that worked in like the media side of that stuff. Seeing Jackass at like a 10.30 a.m. screening the Saturday after it came out at Jamestown Mall. Right. Probably one of my favorite moments of ever being alive. There was maybe only 50 people in there, but everyone was losing their goddamn fucking minds. <laughs> like you could hear the seats shaking from people laughing. Just losing it. Particularly, okay. particularly with the climax of the movie of Ryan Dunn putting the toy car of his Yes. That, that definitely is an image that will stick with you. Right. <laughs> Oh, it's just so good with with the doctor just being like, you go home and you don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because I, you know, I grew up in the in in a bit of a different skate scene, and like the the skate videos that you would see, that that I would see would be like uh, the search for animal chin or yeah stuff like that. I'm a little bit younger, so my skate videos were like you know 
all the really edgy 91s like jump off a building and thrashers compilations <laughs> yeah blind had one that was really video days video days was like the I think like the first like really big skate okay. or street skating skateboard video. I the blind, think I saw the that blind one. came out with yeah. that like ninety one or ninety two. But yeah, I uh, I have a friend I would skate with. You know, the, the the thing you would do is you go over to your friend's place, you watch like a skate video while you're like hanging out, like, and then you're like, let's go skate. Yeah, you get hyped and be like, okay. But he also had like all of the CKY stuff, all oh, of yeah. uh, the Big Brother stuff, so. I saw a lot of that stuff kind of early as far as like a kid in the Midwest in the early 2000s goes. I was going to say, and yeah. So like Jackass was, Jackass was really like up my fucking yeah, alley. That was, like it's like, oh, it's skateboarding and it's pranks. and Yeah, because a lot of the skate videos didn't really, it wasn't really pranks. It was just like Bucky Lasik doing shit for half an hour and like every once in a while they do like a skit yeah but that but that's, but that's how it like transitioned yeah was. yeah I, I i definitely can see it i can see where how it went from like okay rather than doing a whole movie around this footage let's just fuck around and hey uh, i dare you to do this you're like it makes sense like these guys would definitely <laughs> they're already torturing themselves by throwing themselves on the ground all day sure i mean there's so many skate videos that have like footage that breaks up people's different video parts or breaks up different parts of a individual skater's part. That's just like, you know, footage from like a house video where like sure. one guy's sucking on some girl's tit or something or like, or like, cause I want, I want the listeners to know about this cause it's really amazing. Jen Kim skateboarding or Jen Kim mag. <laughs> they were posting Wait. videos from this. Jen Kim, the, the fake, uh, get high by huffing doo-doo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. By the way, if you want all six of the DVDs from Bones Brigade, it is $125. Uh, it includes Future Primitive. It includes Public Domain, which is a fucking wonderful. Ban This and The Search for Animal Chin, which I referenced earlier. Like Jenkum Magazine on on YouTube kind <laughs> of really are holding the, the fire for a lot of good and and weird things of skateboarding culture old and new uh -huh. and there was this crew out of like canada that they were just that like were just randomly submitting video parts to Jenkum, and they published one video i'm trying to find it here it was fucking beautiful because it's just like yeah it's just like dude skating and it's like real gnarly hard and fast and then it's like videos of them like stealing shit from a store and like there's one thing where it's like one guy like lifts up his shirt and a frozen pizza falls out and you're like this is this fucking rules or like a guy taking the SUV and like just like creening through like a skate park and like oh, a geez. fucking oh, forerunner oh man I'm I'm on the Jankum site now because the, apparently there was uh, just released uh, Time Scan 2 a home video with 54 different skaters from all across Japan. I got to oh, see that. Yeah. That's uh, check that Rob out. Taro out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I th one of the videos you, the, the folks at home can can check out is a horny mom busts a fat tray flip. <laughs> I think that might be the one I was thinking about. I'm just kind of skating through it right here. But like, uh, yeah, just because <laughs> like. The, what I remember most about skateboarding was how much it was fun to go out and skate with my friends, but also when you got bored of skateboarding, like the shit you would do. Oh yeah, like like take a newspaper box and put it in the middle of a parking lot outside of a Dollar General, and you're just fucking skating the the fucking the post dispatch <laughs> box, and like 
two dudes that look like serial killers roll up and they fucking be up F-150 with like a newborn baby in between them to just like start shit with you because like you're skateboarding and you're like I don't know man shouldn't you be taking care of that kid not worrying about what we're doing and he's like I'll fucking call cops on you and it's like we were skating with this one guy that used to be sponsored once and this shit happened and he was like I will fucking flip you in the nose and you will turn to dust old man and then I will snort your fucking ashes and spit them into a fucking toilet and this guy was like I'm gonna fucking leave and he's like that's right motherfucker I'll kill you no, motherfucker I'll kill you oh damn yeah I mean like that's just how you had to be like particularly in the midwest like if some fucking weird old crunchy dude would come up and like just start shit with you for having a skateboard you would have to literally be I will eviscerate you and kill your bloodline i will steal your child's fucking college fund and i will spend it all on fucking silly street <laughs> i mean you would i mean i would i, know, I would yeah. have as a fucking 15 year old i have to tell grown-ass adults i will rip your asshole open crawl inside there and leave a fucking banana peel in there and your ass is going to smell like a rotten banana <laughs> just get the fuck away from me i'm just skateboarding oh man well um I definitely am going to have to do some homework now. I got some Jenkin videos to watch. It is weird to think that skateboarding was this weird, subversive, antisocial thing to like adults in the 90s and like the early aughts. But it was. It was like, gosh, you're skateboarding. Next thing you know, they're going to be worshiping Satan and, 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 and watching Roman Polanski movies. Well, you know, a lot of skateboard companies didn't really exactly lean away from that image either. I mean, Serial no, Killer and um, Toy Machine had just fucking, you know, they're just like, yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah, we, we love Satan, and here's some porn stars on our skateboard. Why not? Oh, yeah, like hookups. And all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't shy away from it, but I think that was also kind of just riffing on, like, your stupid parents. Your gullible, stupid parents that believe everything they, they see on Sarah Jessica Raphael sure. and on the 5 o'clock news and have no idea what's actually going on in the world. Right. Here's a skateboard with a big titty chick right. with a pentagram shirt. Also sucking on a popsicle that looks like a looks like cum. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the film, the video, it is called Horny Mom <laughs> busts a fat with a ph tray flip. And there's also another one I believe from a similar, if not the same, crew called Weed Is Tight. <laughs> okay, which is also a phenomenal name for a skate video. <laughs> I know that that back in the day, uh, Larry Flint. Sorry, Larry Flint had a skateboard magazine. I cannot remember the name of the magazine. Big Brother. Okay, he, that's what it was. He, uh, yeah, Hustler Publications or whatever bought it um, in kind of the last couple years of his existence. Uh, there is a documentary. About Big Brother? Yes, yes. There is a documentary that, that I absolutely positively recommend 110%. It's uh, Dumb, the story of Big Brother yeah. magazine. Yeah. It's so fucking good. It is it is the genesis of so many things that became part of the mainstream pop culture 10, 15 years oh, later. Oh, this says it's, it actually uh, spawned Jackass. Yeah, a lot of the Jackass guys. Because you had like Bam Margera and the CKY crew on the East Coast, and then you had Big Brother, Giant Knoxville, a couple other people on the West Coast. Oh, see, I never knew they were related. Okay, okay. When they were like seeking out Steve-O... Mm -hmm. They went to like the flea market where he was doing a circus act to be like, hey, we're, we're putting a crew together. <laughs> I love that. I love hearing that shit. So uh, aside from skate videos, what have you been uh, listening to, watching, enjoying this week? Anything new? It's been a couple of weeks since we've done a normal episode. It has. So my girlfriend and I, the Friday before Christmas, went to go see 
this history of hip hop thing at the St. Louis Art Museum. How was that? I wanted to go. Man, it was really, I bet it would have been really cool to have gone when it first opened when they had like people break dancing and DJing and stuff. Kind of seeing it like the week before Christmas kind of puts a different context and stuff because like oh man like i'm seeing like some dapper dance suits i'm seeing little kim's wig uh Hmm. wigs and um some other stuff that was really neat but then like you would be standing behind like this really 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 cool evocative photograph of like two dudes like in the dirty south with like their fucking grills and shit and like you know this is just like a fucking great like early aughts photo of yeah. like hip hop culture, and there's like a stuffy white couple just being like, eh, I don't know about this. This is weird. And which my girlfriend, who is mixed, after we left, she was like saying like, I don't know. I feel like some of this. I think just letting anyone come and consume this material is kind of cringe. Like people don't have okay. the right because 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 America, particularly people who might come to an art museum <laughs> the week before Christmas, might have some really fucked up biases biases okay yeah and i was kind of feeling that like you know whatever i'm not gonna pat myself on my on the back for being like a white guy from north county and not being as shitty as other people other white people i knew growing up but like i know how to act yeah well i like well i know this shit ain't necessarily for me like i mean it's being presented to me yeah but it's not for me to to judge well, I mean, technically, you are the target audience, but yeah, I, I understand. Right. Like, it's it's not it's not a culture that you are from, or you know, have a have a lot. Yeah, of, I, I uh, sat my ass down and listened. Good, yes, <laughs> as you should. But for me, it was kind of for as cool as it was. It was also kind of surface level. Sure, like there was a lot of Jay Z, a lot of Tupac. It felt very much like it was. What you were being shown was uh, heavily suggested by donors. And donors yeah. might be people who are trying to propagate their own agenda about hip-hop. But I did get to see Pharrell's hat. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. <laughs> but no, I'm looking at it. It's real, yeah. It was really his buffalo hat that he wore at the Grammys or whatever. And it was on loan from Arby's. <laughs> That sounds like a shit post. No, no, it is, uh, it is an absolutely real thing. Looks like there's some Basquiat. Maybe not yeah, an actual. It felt very yeah, New York heavy, which... Yeah. Well, I mean, some people say that New York was the birthplace of hip-hop in, in America. But there was so uh, much, there's so much else. I mean, like, it, it was cool. It was cool to see because St. Louis feels sometimes like a very square city, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to things like hip-hop. My my girlfriend said something along the lines when we were leaving, like, you know, it would be really cool if there was a exhibit like this that was, like, just for, for black people, like, no no white folk. And I'm like, yeah, I think that probably would be for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it on paper it might sound odd to say that, but I get what you're saying. I- particularly, like, knowing how people act around, particularly white people act around things like black culture here in St. Louis. Like, this was kind, yeah. of, a, this was kind of, like, an, a little bit of an ice pick in my ear. Like we were getting near the end of the exhibit, and there was a painting on the wall that was used for a cover of some record. I can't remember off the top of my head. I recognized it, but it was kind of the time getting a little fatigued to meet people around me. I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm kind of, kind of losing 
fighting spirit here. And these two young white kids, they gotta be like 16 or 17, dressed in like these full body, like fucking day trader trench coats or like yeah. overcoats. They look like they were mouth fucked by a CBC fucking diploma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like these, like, oh wow, yeah. like, these are some waspy ass motherfuckers. Yeah. That, like yeah. privileged ass white kids. They ask an older black man, hey, can you take our photo? And they, like, fucking post up in front of this fucking painting. And the guy is like, oh, yeah, man, get in. You know, get the, you know, fucking, yeah, you know, being encouraging. And you got some cool shots. And he hands the phone back. And these kids, like, their day is fucking made. And one of them, as they're saying, as they're walking away super fucking excited, one of them says to the other, like, did we look hard? <laughs> and I'm looking, and, like, like, I'm the only white guy in, yeah. in the immediate vicinity. But even you know. Oh, even I know this is an absurd fucking thing that just occurred. And we're all looking at each other. Yeah. You know, like, just what the fuck was that? (laughs) Like, like there was nothing like, there was nothing like negative about it. Like, there, there, no. But it was just like, there's a little bit of self awareness that those two young men did not have. Did not have it. Yeah. (laughs) And, And maybe one day they'll look back at that and be like, maybe that was a little whack. Hopefully. That was my big cultural exchange thing. And then that yeah, same cool. day, I took my girlfriend to go see Clownvis because uh, it was our anniversary uh, oh, that wow. Saturday. And it was her first time seeing like Clownvis do like a real performance. She had seen him open up for Ludo, uh, for Ludo Halloween or Ludo Ween earlier in the season. You know, it was fun. I, I hadn't seen Clownvis perform live for probably the, since like 2015 or 2016. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it, but his there's things about his act that have changed. I I know he had to change for good reason, but mm-hmm. it's not as not. I don't know if edgy is the right word, but it's not as um, subversive. Hmm. Like it used to be, kind of a little more vaudeville, a little bit more naughty, a mm. little bit more theatrical, and this was a lot of him kind of just talking doing segues between songs. Okay. And he used to do like these bits that were like fucked up uh, magic tricks and stuff like that. And I used to have burlesque girls, which is fine that that he doesn't have burlesque girls anymore because I think we're all pretty much burnt out on burlesque. Yeah, that's kind of, that ship has sailed, sure. But there used to be like a real rhythm to it. You would kind of be like, okay, because I mean, for for as much shit talking you you can have on burlesque, St. Louis did have some really talented burlesque performers that oh, no all question. realize yeah. that all realize that like wow St. Louis is a real fucking dead end. I need to go yeah, to like this is not New the place Orleans. For that. Yeah. 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 Did he do Don't Be a Bitch or You Won't Get Stuff for Christmas? That's he my did. number he did. one. Christmas and you know song. what? That song's fine. I think it's fun. And he also doesn't have the mafia anymore. He doesn't have hmm. Teddy Longsworth. He doesn't have his, really? his vertically challenged manager anymore, Harville P. Toughnuts. It's just him. <laughs> and 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 I kind of missed the the fucking crew vibe, and yeah, he still did uh, Jesus Christ eating on a chicken wing, which is you can't probably, not do that song. Yeah, that's, probably that's my favorite Christmas song. I don't know. Jesus don't be a Christ. bitch, or you won't get stuff for Christmas. Is a, is a, is pretty good for it's me. Pretty good. I, I, I like those very much. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It was a, it was a blast, and people had fun. It was a good crowd. It was a little warm in the venue, but whatever. But uh, I it's just it sucks having seen him perform so many times to be like wow that was pretty good but i wanting to tell my girlfriend like oh you should have seen him like 10 years ago at the foxhole yeah you don't want to say that though because you don't want to shit on a good time so i 
Right. Oh, well, you know me. I that's I, I only shit on a good time, so I'm pretty okay, sure I said well. something like that. But it was good. Clavis <laughs> is great. If you have an opportunity in whatever dead-end town you live in to see Clavis perform, I absolutely positively do it. Because oh, for sure. It's a very singular type of experience, even though I've, I've obviously talked about how I think there were things in the past that I wish were still present. From beginning to end, it was still a fucking great time. A lot of great laughs. No, oh. he's also been doing Clownvis for like fifteen years now. Or I was going to say, so. yeah, it's been it's been a long time. Uh, I've just started following him on TikTok, and uh, uh, that's an interesting. Oh yeah, he's got Clownvis to the rescue. Himself. His the, yeah, yeah, um, that's the one live video slash podcast he does, mm-hmm. and he stays really active. He's on one hundred five seven The Point quite a bit. I remember him getting in trouble a couple of years. This is like ten years ago because he was on The Point, and he was just like making some offhand comment about being somewhere and there was like a a home for like a boy's home or whatever you know like for troubled kids and he called them tiny convicts oh i don't know that's pretty good when he came back from the commercial break he's like yeah i just want to say something here uh i want to take back using i want to apologize for using the phrase tiny convict juvenile delinquency is a serious issue and i shouldn't be making light of it (laughs) (laughs) And okay. so every time I hear something about like children like being in juvie or something, I go tiny convicts. Tiny convicts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you been getting into over the holiday? Got a few games for Christmas, so picked up a a few things I've been kind of chewing on. The big one is the Metal Gear Solid Collection. That's all. That's all. The first five, the two NES games, and then the three Metal Gear Solids. Because Metal Gear Solid Four is still stuck on the PS3. And Metal Gear Solid Five is its own beast, and they probably didn't want to include it in this collection. So, Master Collection Volume One, really enjoying playing through the first Metal Gear Solid again. Kind of bummed that this collection didn't do any kind of upscaling or anything like that. So I'm like on a PS5, I'm playing a PS1 game, and it looks like a PS1 game. But <laughs> aside from the graphical stuff, which is just you know, it's artifacts of an older time, it's still just a solid game. There's really not not much to say about it. Uh, it is odd to use a touchpad instead of you know select to open the codec and a few other things that have kind of had to be fixed because of the control scheme. But short of that, I mean, it plays just like it did, uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> and uh, so I got I started digging into that. But then what really got my attention was a full-fledged remake of the Super Nintendo game Super Mario RPG. On the fuck switch, and uh, what <laughs> did you say? Fuck you. Why? Yeah, I've been wanting. I've been wanting to play that. Oh well, I will say that it is definitely a good time. It's a short game, as I didn't realize how short it was because I got stuck in certain spots back in the day. But boy, it's a, it is a short game. It's the one and only Square Enix Nintendo collab that was kind of stuck. On the Super Nintendo for a long time. They never really re-released it. They followed it up. You know, your Paper Marios and all the 3DS ones and all these little... But uh, it's definitely a singular experience. It's really, really good. I really liked it. I finished it today, so it's super short. And the stuff they added was great. They added a a new system where if you continued getting these perfect timed hits, it built up a meter, and then this meter let you do special attacks that were super strong. Which is both good and bad because it kind of trivializes some of the later fights, which is where I would always right. get stuck for like 10 hours at a time. But yeah, man, um, that's where Bowser started to become a character in his own right. And you can really see, even in the Mario Brothers movie, 
how this character that they created for Bowser, who didn't really have one in this game, has evolved over the years. You had new guys, Mallow and Gino, who've never appeared in anything else. And I kind of I kind of thought when they were doing Smash Bros that they were going to at least do something with Gino and Mallow, but nothing. Uh, you know, you play as Peach. You got a great roster of completely original villains who, again, have never appeared in anything else. Boomer. There's a, yeah, it's a bad guy named Boomer. Bad guy named Smithy. All these like weapon themed enemies. Oh, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely loved it when it came out on Super Nintendo. I mean, now it gets referred to as like baby's first RPG, but it was like the first RPG that kind of accessibility with like a fun story. It's not super deep. I mean, it's, it's Nintendo and Squaresoft. I remember loving it quite a bit and considering that all the other RPGs that were really good at that time were like Crow Trigger and mm-hmm. Lufia 2 games <laughs> yeah. that could be very dense and accessible to people at that time. I mean, being into RPGs in the nineties as a Western gamer was kind of like a scarlet letter. Yeah, definitely. Now you have your personas and your uh, your Final Fantasies, your Dragon Warriors, all of these great RPG series that have come in out, uh, you know, as far as new entries of the last 20 or so years. But like 10 years ago, it was like really like uh, until Final Fantasy VII came out, I think the only two like RPGs worth talking about on the PlayStation were beyond the beyond, which was worth talking about because it was like the only traditional JRPG and it was really bad. And then there was wild (laughs) arms, which was actually pretty good. I liked ones that kind of played with the formula. One of my favorites, and I still haven't seen a good port of it. It was Parasite Eve, another Square Enix. Oh, uh, Parasite. Yes. But Parasite Eve Eve was also um, after final fantasy seven. Correct. I'm kind uh, of like talking up to the early days, but yeah, Parasite oh, Eve. Pre-Final Fantasy VII, um, Valkyrie Profile, maybe? Uh, or uh, your Suikoden's. Those would probably be the, that that era. Uh, Suikoden? I, I, my brother actually has that somewhere still. I remember playing that and thinking that was also fantastic. Yeah, Valkyrie Profile was uh, 99 and 2000. Was it? I thought yeah. it was older than that. Even those were like uh, way... Those weren't big titles, you know what I mean? Like you would say that to somebody, and they go, "What?" Or <laughs> that's not Madden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not Siphon Filter or whatever. But there um, were a lot of really bad, obtuse RPGs that came oh, out in yeah. the nineties. Sure, Wild Arms, um, though. You're right. Wild Arms kicked ass. Wild Arms was really true. fun. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII kind of changed everything. I mean, gosh, I'm, how many different ways can you say that? But yeah, that kind of really switched up a lot of things super mario rpg i'm glad you i'm glad it's good it looks good it doesn't look like the upgrade that people thought it would be that's why i've been hearing a lot well it keeps the isometric perspective and i think that might turn some people off but to me that's essentially a big part of the look of the game and so if you change sure yeah so if you change that you're kind of changing the whole thing and you don't want to change too much but the the sprites are updated you know there's there's definitely a bit of a hd texture pack kind of feel to it there's some cutscenes that they added in for certain events in the game uh some stuff that was just handled in engine originally and then they just like well why don't we throw a little cg at it and and make it look a little nicer Uh, that kind of stuff Uh, some of the character models have been really reworked again to be as close as they can to the original they really did a lot of slavish devotion to keeping it very very close 
but still looking current gen, which is a very good. I like that. It's kind of like what they did with uh, Link's Awakening when they re-released that. And if you're going to re-release an older game like Link's Awakening or like Mario RPG, that to me is like, yeah, you keep the look as much as you can. Keep you know, keep what you can and update what what needs to be updated. And I think in this case, they they did a bang up job. Yeah, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Maybe one day I will play it. I, I don't, I, I'm amazed a Switch still costs what it does, or else I would probably. I would have say one. my recommendation to you is to go on Facebook Marketplace because that's where I found mine, and someone was looking to sell it for some quick cash. So just uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, but I've also heard horror stories of people with like their launch switches, like running like a fucking old computer, and <laughs> yeah. That can happen, but thankfully, knock on wood, that that didn't happen with with this one. But yeah, I was aware of that. I'm like, well, okay, I'm rolling the dice here. But I will say that just with the amount of titles that are coming up this year, not just Mario RPG, but just Wonder that just came out, which I've only played a little bit of because my son is obsessed and will say, no, 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 I need the the cartridge back. Okay, fine. (laughs) And then some of the digital titles. I got uh, a game called CrossCode, which was really fun. That's another old school looking RPG but the other thing that that uh, came through as far as like media stuff this week is I I finished the book that I had started before the end of the year. Jason Pargan, who wrote the John Dies at the End books. Oh yeah. He has another series about a young woman named Zoe Ash. This is supposedly the third and final one of those. It's called Zoe is too drunk for this dystopia. Yes, I've heard it's really good. It's a hoot. Yeah, big time big time fan. Uh, if you're not familiar with the series, it's basically this this lawless area in Utah called Tabula Rasa, and this girl who grew up poor, not knowing that her dad was this famous guy who helped found the city, he dies. She finds herself in possession of not only his things, his money, but also his team of really smart people who help him out of jams. And of course, as soon as she arrives in Tabula Rasa, the troubles begin. So uh, this one is the culmination of two different books which was called Futuristic Violence in Fancy Suits. And the second book was Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. And so <laughs> this one's always too drunk for this dystopia. It really does feel like Pargan is wrestling with a lot of stuff that he's talked about both publicly and in, in, in various Cracked articles over the years because he was a writer for Cracked for a long time. Good book. Either it's a it's a quick read. He just He writes in a way that has big ideas, but it puts them in these digestible little character moments. It's just fun. I'm hoping there's more Zoe Ash books coming out because it's such fertile ground for good ideas, but I get it. You know, you're, he wrote four sure. John Dies of the Ends books, and, and now he's got this series. And it's like, uh, you know, maybe it's time for something else. Yeah, he's a semi-frequent guest on Behind the Bastards, so yeah. I'm, yes, that's true. Oh, yeah, you, you're getting used to hearing his voice, sure. Yeah, he's great. I, it's another one I follow on TikTok. He just he he's a great shit poster on TikTok. He's riffed on about how like he doesn't really understand why he has a TikTok following <laughs> as a guy who's like forty. He's <laughs> good at it. I don't know why. One um, last thing I've got. Oh yeah, is uh I did get a book for the holidays from my mm. aunt. I got the Amber Lee Frost book that uh, I've been waiting oh. years for, Dirt Bag. Dirt Bag. Which I've only gotten a couple chapters in so far. I actually might do some reading tonight. Just kind of been busy with things, but uh, I, I can. I think I'm going to make some time for some reading. So far, I've really enjoyed it. It's very honest. Amber Lee Frost, for people who don't know, is a longtime 
lefty writer and thinker, mostly associated with the podcast Chapo Trap House and mm-hmm. the the kind of like the the Brooklyn you know Bernie Bro stuff. Um, and she coined <laughs> the uh, the term dirtbag leftist, Dirt I believe. Left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she has since moved from New York City to L.A. and she's out there doing stuff. She finished this book. But so far, it's, she's just, it's kind of autobiographical, mm-hmm. but also is trying to make a point about some broader subjects. And so far, the book has just been, yeah, I'm only a couple chapters in, but just her talking about like who she is, where she came from. She's from a small town in indiana she came from union people and you know the hardships of being in the midwest and the hardships of being an unenviable unmiraculous mm-hmm. part of the midwest which is indiana indiana is people talk shit <laughs> on kansas 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 is elevated above indiana people don't know people show their privilege and their ignorance they it's don't true. realize i've been in indiana about to shit myself and the fucking dumbasses I'm with missed the turn on the highway. And so like, oh, the next off-ramp to do anything is another 30 miles. Sick. Cool. Ooh. I'm just going to... Hopefully I don't have to like stick my ass out the window, boys. Like, good job <laughs> for not paying attention for the exit I told you was coming for the last 15 minutes. Anyways, Ugh. that's what kind of shit goes on in Indiana. Um, Indianapolis yeah. is, is a nice little town. This is one of the most ugly stadiums I've ever seen, but the people there are nice. Yeah, Indianapolis is kind of a grim situation out there in Indianapolis. We we went out there a couple of years ago with the kids, and, and we're like, there's nothing to do after 6 p.m. here. What the hell is going on? Oh, yeah, I mean, on? that's that's the upper Midwest for the most part, unless you're in a place like Chicago or Milwaukee. Oh, by the way, I'm on, I'm on Goodreads, and, and one of the, the highlighted quotes is from Drill, whose book I also got for Christmas. I truly believe that if this book had not been suppressed by both the FBI and the CIA, it would have prevented 9-11. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great book so far. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to finishing it. Maybe I'll actually finish a book this year or this decade. And the other thing, because I've got ADD and need sure. constant stimulation... I've been playing a little game called The Finals. Have you heard of this, Jason? I This is new to me. What is this? The Finals. Oh, wow. So The Finals is like the next in a line of, a long line of free-to-play multiplayer games with a battle pass. First-person oh, shooter. Boy. All right. And the gist of it is, is that it's two game modes so far. Uh-huh. Um, there are slight variations on each other. And it's three teams of three. And um, there's three different classes you can play as. You can play as a light, medium, and a heavy class. And mm-hmm. it, the motif is that it is like a, like a game show okay. or like a sports okay. show. So it's a little bit of like a non-dystopian running man in a sort of way. It's a little broken, and <laughs> it definitely feels like they're trying to siphon money out of you. The progressing through the game without putting in cash feels really slow the light class is broken as fuck all the weapons you can get are like fucking fly swatters i have played (laughs) against people who are really good playing the light class but it's the narrative is the light class is broken it sucks Mm. but um the medium class is what i've been playing as because even though you can buy new guns and stuff like that the default weapon for that class is an ak-47 and the um it's just kind of op (laughs) it's like oh right 
wow, okay, this works. So I'm checking out the Steam page, and it looks like there's a grappling hook and, and some... Yeah, it, like, that's why I, was, I started playing as, like, class, because, oh, grappling hook, like, oh, this, yeah. maybe this will feel a little bit like... Lawbreakers, maybe, or... Not Lawbreakers, um, the game that everyone wishes they would make a sequel to and didn't get its... Um, Titanfall, Titanfall Two, oh, the game sure, that sure, no sure. one, the game that is better than Call of Duty, but no one no remembers because it came out the same time as a Call of Duty. I played so much Titanfall Two. Oh Titanfall Two is so fucking good. Goddamn, yeah. multiplayer on that game was fucking sweet tits. Ooh. Anyways, light class is broken. Medium class seems to be balanced. I haven't played the heavy class too much because it's a little slow and lumbering. Mm-hmm. But what's uh, a really neat thing about the game is that the environments are destructible. There are a couple rounds I have played where people have just been setting off explosives and entire buildings with dozens of rooms in them have just been reduced to a bunch of weird geometry and rubble. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of neat because it does change uh, how you go about certain things. If like, well, this building, now this entire half of it's blown off. So now I got to think about protecting the objective with that going on now and it's good for playing like if you just want to play like a half hour okay but i've enjoyed it i i hope that it gets better i don't see myself really playing it for more than maybe a couple more weeks on off Mm. but just as something like over the holiday break kind of keep myself entertained oh sure between like cleaning and working on other stuff it was fun and oh yeah uh, i guess I should say something about this mm-hmm. because I kept referring to it in a couple other episodes. We did go see Zed's Dead. I did cover mm. it for the Arts STL. I think I'm getting too old for this shit. Oh, no. Well. What happened? Man, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's like I'm getting a little old and I don't think I'm as old as sometimes per- people perceive me, particularly at things like shows. Okay. So I feel pretty young at heart. Like how I feel... In some respects now, I'm like on the other side of 35, isn't too different than how I felt in my early 20s. Right. But like I was like telling my girlfriend, like I've gone to Andrew Jackson Jihad shows and had like fucking Zoomers look at me like, why the fuck's this guy here? And it's like, excuse me. Right. <laughs> I knew about them before I was your age. And I'm also, feeling... I'm friends with the, you know, I almost be like, yeah, I'm yeah. friends with I the know man. And guess yeah. what? We are about the same. I'm about the same age as these dude. So I was told... When I got approval for the show that I would get to shoot from behind the barricade, the entire mm-hmm. set, and shoot from the room. I'm like, oh, beautiful. That's amazing. But the venue that was at the factory, it's got a relatively low stage for its size. And so the lasers would be like at eye height for anyone photographing. So it's oh. like, well, I don't want to like burn out the sensor on my camera and i also don't want to be blinded i was gonna say yeah lasers in your eyes like you're at a yuga labs thing yeah which you know the thing is too i think like okay well what about the people in the front row right anyways trying to think about that too much and i actually that that (laughs) thought came into my head because i have foes so i just had to shoot from the room and i got my girlfriend with me and you know and she doesn't want to be staying by herself all the time particularly when People are being really extra and weird, even though she has a lot more experience with these kind of shows than I do. Um, and she was like making comments afterwards, like, you know, because I was like saying stuff like, why are all these young girls like wearing like these shawls and like wearing sunglasses in a dark room? And she's like, oh, because they don't understand that, that like EDM fashion 
is like what you wear when you're at like a festival in the fucking desert and not in like a fucking big cement room in so the Midwest in December. So people were like, so people were like dressed like they were supposed to, like they were at Coachella and not dressed like fashion dress, but dressed no. like, like, like functional fashion. Like, like people were wearing drug rugs and like, uh, and like bucket hats and Jesus. I'm like in sunglasses and like they were dressed like they were going like camping or something oh, like Christ, hippie camping. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like I'm just getting old, too old for this shit. And trying to photograph a nearly sold out EDM show in a 3200 cap room when it's this fucking big of a dance floor, it's this fucking wide, is just a gargantuan task, really exhausting. And I obviously like had the stuff with like putting down the family dog, like not even 24 hours before. Like it was a fun show. Like it was just like a date night for me and my girlfriend. I think we would have had a blast, but like trying to observe it document Mm -hmm. it was a really exhausting task even though zed's dead were really cool and the people there were super fucking friendly i don't want to like talk too much shit because a lot of people were like coming up to me or coming up to me and my girlfriend like oh you take photos dude it's so fucking cool i fucking fist bumped so many dudes i'm like (laughs) sick like this is fun like that stuff i love because like the vibe can be really fun and yeah, no one was trying to give me like a you know a Molly back rub or anything, but like okay. I'm waiting. Yeah. For, I'm like I got deep into the crowd right before Zed's dead, and this guy comes up to me. He's got to be probably like 21, a punchable face, absolutely punchable <laughs> face, and he just goes, "What's up, dude? You wearing a mask? You got COVID, bro?" <laughs> I'm just like the uh, fuck, <laughs> and he's like, "You're so fucking stupid for wearing a mask, bro." And I'm like, "I don't know, man. It's a common courtesy to people." Yeah, he's trying to like argue that, like, well, it doesn't really protect you. And I'm like, "Yeah, but like, you know, it's kind of at least saying like I'm not an asshole." <laughs> and not implying that people that aren't wearing a mask are an asshole. I can make no. an argument that maybe some people are, but like, yeah. it does seem a little weird with transmission levels the way they are that I didn't see people wearing more masks at this show. Yeah. And guess what? There were people that were wearing masks, and guess what? They were making it fashion. They were serving Fuck mother, yeah. serving Let's daddy, go. whatever. Like, people, Let's there were go. people that were wearing masks, and it fucking was a part of the outfit. It worked. Yeah. Like that just that just kind of was after just a long day, like right. having to deal with that guy. And there was a couple other people that were came up to me before their set and like we're talking about about wearing a mask. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, this one girl came to me like, oh, you're really smart for wearing the mask. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I had a couple of years years ago and it kicked my ass. So I'm just airing on the side caution. And she just goes, cool. <laughs> I'm like, so why would you fucking talk to me if you're just going to be an asshole? Yeah, that's. People are that was kind of the thing that was like, you know, I'm ready to go home, I'm ready to get my foes, and just anyways. So, Brian, uh, it's about time the show where we tell people where to find us online. Since you're just talking about photos that you're taking for a certain publication, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us where you can? Yeah, I was taking them for the artsstl.com, the last only good website for media in St. Louis. Our former Village Voice publications, our our Herald Union mm-hmm. newspaper, have been dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. Like some people drop the soap in jail. Mm. <laughs> oh, where else could they find you on the web, there, brother? Yeah, go to the ArtsSTL, check that shit out. People are putting up their their best and worst of uh, of twenty twenty three up there. I fortunately didn't have anything this year because I've just been all over the place. You can check me out if uh, people want to send me death threats on social media. You can find me uh, 
on threads, on Blue Sky, on Twitter, on Instagram at ishotgeedybore.com. Or ishotgeedybore.com <laughs> will redirect you, believe it or not, to my current website, uh, oh. amusicphotographer.com. Very nice. And if you want to check out my photo- photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotographer.com. And uh, Jason, uh, if they want to tell you you've got a weird looking bean shaped penis, where can they find you? <laughs> well, definitely don't search my name in the Epstein files, but you can find me online <laughs> various places as Video Crime, V I D E O C R I M E. That is going to be Twitter. I'm on threads. God knows why. You can find me various other places, video crime, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok. There I am, Laser Goose CEO. You can find me on Substack. That's golfwolfmagazine.substack.com. I know I talked about having a new article out, but I just, I, I'm having a hard time writing it. It's going to come together, promise be there soon but you can subscribe now and then get it in your inbox later and then you can also find me at the recently finished season one that is submitted for the approval of the midnight pals that is a uh, audio drama podcast where i play a fictionalized version of stephen king it's a bunch of uh, horror authors past and present living and dead gathered around a campfire telling stories season one just wrapped it's eight episodes pretty short pretty quick little thing to kind of get through kind of neat little treat if you're looking for something to listen to and you want to hear the silky sounds of my voice. That is uh, midnightpals.simplecast.com. You can get in contact with the show in a number of ways. My favorite one is giving us a call, 314-246-9766. Or if you'd like to spell with your telephone, that's 314-AHOY-POO. If you want to shoot us an email, you don't feel comfortable talking on the phone for whatever reason, that's Jason at 48minutesofdogsbarking.com, Brian with a Y at 48minutesofdogsbarking.com, and support the show, patreon.com slash 48minutesofdogs. Special shout-out, by the way, to the, uh, the lone Patreon supporter right now, a gentleman who simply goes by the name Poo in the loo. <laughs> don't know who they are. And you know what? I would rather they remain anonymous. I don't need to know who you are, Poo in the loo, but I'm glad you're listening. Well, that about does it with the program. As we always say at this time, namaste and good luck. Bye-bye. Eat the knife. Eat the knife. <laughs>